Welcome to day 13 of the 21 Days of Storytelling, featuring The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. The story snippet of the day is chapter 10 entitled, Torix. And here's your insider tip of the day. Xandador used to be a bright and vibrant land. Then Omri came to power. Over the course of his centuries-long reign, he has zapped the life and passion from the people, earning his nickname, The Dark King. His soldiers patrol every city to ensure compliance with things like his dress code, everyone is only allowed to wear brown clothes, his marriage laws, and even travel from place to place. In this chapter, you don't learn why Omri has instituted such rules, that comes much later in the series, but you do get to see the city of Torix through Javen's eyes and get a hint of what life is like under the rule of the Dark King. You should also pay attention to things like energy balls and time traps, as this is the foreshadowing technique in action. Remember at the end of Chapter 9, the Dawnstalker Apni snacked on the Octis Ravier and Javen had flown to Dawn Territory to observe the dragon. Now the two are stranded in the middle of a place where only dragons live. Tune in to find out what happens next. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, DK Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes insider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother he just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 10. Torix. What just happened? Javen asked. How can he leap from one place to another so fast? He doesn't leap. He teleports. All Dawnstalkers have that ability. Ravier stood, jerking Javen up with him. And what just happened is that my two best Octis sacrificed their lives for us because you had to chuckle at a dragon. Sorry. Javen inspected the acid burn on his leg. It was only about the size of his pinky finger, but it sure stung. I wasn't expecting to hear him talk so highly of himself to himself. Hear him? You can hear his thoughts? Yeah? Hmm. Interesting. So are your eyes. The left one is still brown, but the right one is green. Great. I must have lost a contact in all the commotion. It's gotta be here in these bushes somewhere. Can you help me find it? No time. Ravier nodded toward Javen's leg. That will leave a scar, but it's only a surface wound. You'll be fine. Soak it in water for a few minutes. Then we'll get going. Going? Where? How? Our rides are gone. The nearest village is Torix. It's a good 30 miles from here. Hopefully we can arrange alternative transportation there. Until then, we walk. Can't we call somebody to come pick us up? Call? I just told you Torix is 30 miles away. Nobody is close enough to hear us call. Don't you have cell phones? Cell what? You don't have phones in this place? Next thing you're going to tell me is that you don't have televisions or computers or the internet either. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh boy. Javen took his shoes off, rolled his pants up above his knees, and stepped into the lake. The cool water instantly brought him some relief from this stinging burn, but he didn't know how he was going to recover from the no phones, no television, no internet news. 
can we please take a break? Javen wiped another round of sweat off his forehead. They had left the comfortable shade of the woods hours ago and were forging onward through endless meadows in the early afternoon sun. Javen was sure he would faint from fatigue, exhaustion, and just plain irritability if he had to take another step. He was grateful, however, that he didn't have the extra weight of a sword hanging across his back. No, Ravier said and kept walking. Javen scowled at Ravier's back, although Ravier had let them pause to snack on wild and oddly filling berries as well as to take quick sips of water at random stream crossings when in the forest. The man had been merciless in his quest to get to the village. They'd been walking for more than seven hours without any sit-down-and-rest-your-legs breaks. Maybe it was time to take a stand by sitting down. You go ahead then, Javen said, plopping down on the knee-high grass. I'll catch up when I'm rested. The village is over that next hill, Ravier called back, quickening his pace. Meet you there. But good luck getting in there without the entrance tax or travel permit. Javen rolled his eyes. Stupid unfamiliar territory, he mumbled, getting to his feet. As long as he didn't know the lay of the land or how this world worked, his rebellious teenage attitude had no power. At least Ravier wasn't underplaying the distance to the village. It was indeed located over the next hill. A wooden fence three times as tall as Javen formed the perimeter of the village, and they had to walk around the wide perimeter to get to the front gate. Ravier pounded on the gate. A head-high slot opened, revealing the brown eyes of a man on the other side. What's your business in Torix? Seeds for my farm? Show me your permit. Ravier pulled a postcard-sized piece of paper out of his back pocket and handed it to brown eyes through the slot. How did you get this permit? Planting season for energy balls isn't for another month. Too many of the king's soldiers have vanished in time traps. He's demanding an increase in the production of energy balls to equip his army with. My farm has been commissioned to find a way to grow them sooner and faster. Time traps have been a growing problem. Lost a buddy in one. The man returned the paper. Five ring scales. This time, Ravier unhooked a necklace Javen hadn't even noticed he was wearing. It was a black string filled with ring-sized scales on it, like the ones used for the lighting system at the house. Ravier slid five off, handed them to the guard, and rehooked the string around his neck. You have one hour, the guard said. The slot closed, and the gate opened. Keep your mouth shut and your head down, Ravier mumbled as they walked through the gate. Don't let anyone see your eyes. Javen wanted to ask about energy balls and time traps, but he was too self-conscious about guarding his exposed eye to risk looking up at Ravier to ask him anything. Instead, he observed what he could about the town while keeping his head tilted toward the ground. Two and three-story stone buildings lined the wide dirt street that led straight through the center of the village. An impressive five-story stone mansion dominated the end of the street, while narrow side streets led to rows of tiny wood huts. Soldiers dressed in black uniforms patrolled the streets with silent scowls. The few villagers that were out and about walked with their heads down and were dressed in the same brown shirt and shorts Ravier had made Javen wear. Although the soldiers stared at Javen and Ravier, no one greeted them or even looked up to acknowledge their existence. As Javen glanced in the windows of the buildings he passed, all he could see were the gloomy faces of brown-clothed folks diligently working at seamstresses, tailors, blacksmiths, carpenters, butchers, or scribes. No one spoke. No one smiled. No one laughed. This was not a happy place. The clerks working in the store Ravier guided Javen into were just as depressed as everyone else. Javen could see why. It was a gloomy store, despite the sunlight streaming in through the windows. Every item on every shelf was packaged in the same dull beige bag with boring black block lettering to identify the contents. Granted, the bags were different sizes, but that wasn't enough of a difference to make any product stand out. 
These people obviously didn't waste much money on slick marketing tactics. Then again, they didn't seem to use money at all. If the tax paid at the gate was any indication, scales were the currency of choice. Javen made a mental note to ask Ravier about their money system later. Ravier meandered through several aisles. Javen assumed he was searching for energy ball seeds. Javen, however, was more interested in finding food. His stomach was rumbling and he needed something to eat. Here we go, Ravier said. He picked up a 50-pound bag of seeds and indicated for Javen to do the same. Seriously, Javen whispered? You want to buy 100 pounds of seeds? You're not even an actual farmer. It's the reason we were allowed entrance into Torix, Ravier glared at Javen. Remember? Ah, right. Javen decided it was best to play along. Still, Ravier needed to learn how to communicate better. He could have used their seven-plus-hour walk to explain to Javen what was going on. But no, he chose to sulk and say nothing the whole way here. The bored, bearded clerk at the front counter looked at their bags. Six ring scales. Ravier extracted more scales from his necklace. I'll give you eight if you tell me where I can find some transportation out of here. That got the man's attention. He jerked his head up. Make it ten. Ravier counted the ten rings and put them in the man's hand. The man nodded, looked around, and leaned over the counter. Thirteen miles north of here, deep in the quagmire. Guy runs an animal shop. Ask for Reese. Tell him Marty sent you. Just beware of the swallowing sand. Thanks. Ravier patted Javen on the back. Carry those bags. Both of them? Yes. Javen sent Ravier the meanest scowl he could muster. It didn't change the fact that he was stuck carrying a hundred pounds of seeds, but it did make him feel better. He slung one bag over each shoulder and was about to follow Ravier when the clerk grasped his arm. That I, the clerk said, you're a collector. You're the collector. Marty, Ravier said, keeping his voice low. Let the boy go. Is it true? Am I right? Will he be challenging the Dark King? That's the plan, but the timing isn't right yet. We need absolute secrecy in order to train him properly. Can we trust you to keep quiet? Of course. Marty nodded and let Javen go. Then he bowed down to Javen. I look forward to serving you, my future king. Yeah, um, thanks. Having a stranger bow to him was weird. It just wasn't natural for one regular human being to bow down to another regular human being especially when the one doing the bowing was so much older than him. If he did become king, he was going to make a law that banned people from bowing to him. He rethought that bowing ban as he walked back through the town following the unencumbered Ravier. Even with his new status as Ravier's pack mule, no one noticed him. He simply blended right in with everyone else, as invisible here as he was walking the halls of high school. If he became king, people would have to notice him. He would finally stand out and be someone other people envied. That thought brought a smile to his downcast face. Halt! The guard at the gate made them stop. Javen kept his eyes averted while the guard inspected the bags resting on Javen's shoulders. Is this the only purchase you made? The guard asked. That's it, Ravier said. The guard nodded, opened the gate, and let them through. Once they had walked far enough along the straight dirt road to be out of earshot of the guard, Javen called out to Ravier. Can I dump these bags now? They're heavy! Deal with it. If we're stopped for any reason, that's our cover story. We can also use them as bargaining chips with the animal shopkeeper. Can you at least carry one of them? I'm not the one who got our octis eaten. So this is punishment. You're quick. Ravier looked behind them. Okay, I think it's safe to leave the road now. Make sure to follow my footsteps exactly. The landscape up ahead shifts from meadows to quagmires and swallowing sand. Your feet are going to get wet, but the earth won't suck you in as long as you stay away from any tan patches of sand. Got it, Javen said. No tan sand. He tried to sound nonchalant, but where he came from, sand was tan. 
trying to avoid natural-colored sand to seem like a tall order, especially if one misstep meant the Earth would suck him in. That did not sound like a pleasant experience. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days, so be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. <laughs>